Welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, uh, pop culture news, pretty much anything within the uh, realm or umbrella, I guess, of, of pop culture. Uh, my name is Ivan, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Emmett. Um, today, we'll be talking about The Mandalorian, uh, Season 2, Episode 7. Chapter 15, <laughs> The Believer. Yeah. Before we head into that, though, this is a huge week for people. This is, uh, you know, in the gaming realm, we got Cyberpunk, and then Disney, you know, dropped their whole slate for the next five, their five-year plan interview style of star wars marvel everything disney let can we can we talk about that first yeah but first i do want to highlight one big thing it was a huge week for me as well oh yeah hit me i finished all my pop tarts officially this week <laughs> <laughs> just thought i'd share yeah that stacks up that stacks up with with uh with disney's five-year plan <laughs> Yeah. So Pop Tarts, if you're listening, we we need a reshipment here. <laughs> yeah, they've sent me a box before, so can you can you guys please send me another box? The family no packs only. Yeah. You uh, give me those variety packs too, because like <laughs> I pick and choose my Pop Tarts. How do we break down the uh, the Star Wars announcement? There's like ten of them. There's ten Marvels. Marvels we mostly knew. They just put dates to them, I guess. Maybe we uh, maybe we start with with the dates. It seems like pretty much everything was staying in 2021, some 2022. Yeah. WandaVision was new, it was coming out. You know what the most surprising thing about Marvel is, though? I think we should probably start with that because I feel like the it's it's a little bit shorter to to kind of discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me was like Black Widow is sticking to theatrical release May 2021. Yeah. I just gotta say, give up on that. Like, did. Did uh, Mulan not do well? Is that that's, the reason they're not? That's the sentiment I got. I feel like they got they earned somewhere around like um, maybe like a hundred million. I I want to say I, I don't have the numbers exactly here, but I know that they definitely underperformed. Um, I don't get it. It's like Disney's just doesn't want to ride the wave, you know. Like Warner last week said, "This is the way with with HBO, like go directly to streaming." And it seems like the general consensus of people was that's right. I think I think Disney's just missing the boat with like charging people thirty dollars for a movie that they're going to make free in a month, and then just deciding you know what this isn't the way at all. Like we don't we we don't want new memberships. We don't want to like retain memberships. Like I know friends that are talking about getting off of Disney Plus after The Mandalorian because there's not that much content that they want to see for a while. Yeah, I feel like they made a mistake in not getting enough original content out there. And I think the the, the pandemic may have delayed some of their plans, too. Because by now, sure. we should have had uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was due to come out first. And then we'd have WandaVision at the end of the year. That was the original plan. And Black and Widow would have been like two months ago, yeah. Yeah, and what I've heard, too, is like the, the part of the hesitation, too, has been that Black Widow is supposed to introduce certain elements that would then be continued on through some of the Disney plus shows. And that's why they've been very hesitant to release those first. Um, but I think at this point, you're right. Like you, you can't really like hold back the floodgates too much. One thing though, to kind of add in there, not to like add too much or not to get too muddied in this, but um, for all the insiders, uh, Warner brothers is now being labeled former brothers uh, by a lot of freelancers. <laughs> okay. Apparently the, uh, 
it's had a negative impact on the industry and i feel like disney's try to dodge that and that's why they may be stuck to their guns on the theatrical releases um it sounds like for wonder woman they paid out bonuses and anything as if it were a regular um theatrical release but for the slate of 2021 movies they apparently told nobody none of the directors none of the actors so nobody that had any like like I guess additional pay that they were going to wait on that all hinged on r- releasing in theaters uh, were not told. So that's why there's been major backlash. And I guess yesterday Disney decided if they did have it in their books that they probably don't want to do that. Mm. Interesting. Hollywood sucks <laughs> is, is the takeaway. Yeah. And it's like everyone, they all, every one of these studios wants to do their own thing. And it's like, it's confusing to the consumer whether we should just ha- like go all in on these streaming services or should we just give up on them and just wait maybe until a few years when everything's you know been completed and we can just go back to like just binge them later on. Um, but to me, it would just make more sense like space. I, obviously, yes, the, the pandemic and closures have slowed down production, but like space these things out where it's like as soon as one's finished being released you continue on with a new one. It, it's the same thing that like Game of Thrones and Westworld did on HBO, where it kept your membership alive because you're like, as soon as this ends, there's another show I want to watch on a weekly basis. Well, that's what I think they're doing now, but I feel like it took them so long to get to this point because like the the takeaway of the call yesterday was basically, Disney was basically saying that their new priority is direct-to-consumer streaming. While they didn't make the big push of putting all a lot of their like theatrical releases on on Disney Plus, I think that that's the plan for the long run. I just think maybe they wanted to dodge uh, controversy at the moment. But getting into the slate, you listed off the dates here, which is something I I didn't uh, I didn't note on any of my notes here for the, uh, on the show notes. But Mando's <laughs> wrapping up, I guess, next week, right? So next week, yeah, next week is the finale. Right in time for the around the Christmas New Year's time. Um, and then I guess we get like a two week break before we get WandaVision premiering on, it looks like January 15th. Yeah, closer to three, which are we excited for that? Like they dropped another trailer. A lot of these got new trailers or like small short teasers. I don't know if I'm I'm loving the look of it. I mean, it's definitely something new, which is original and, and something I will appreciate. But it's also like it's two characters I don't really care about from the movies. They were my favorite characters of the movie. Not kidding. <laughs> um, okay, well, this is going to resonate with you. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I think um, this was probably the the project out of the three that I knew were coming: Loki, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, and WandaVision. This was probably like at the bottom Number of my list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier was at the top. I know it was probably lower <laughs> level for you because of. Because of your disdain well, for Captain America, I move I move it up because Captain America is gone now. Thank you. Oh, okay. Get rid of that. Get rid of that guy. <laughs> um, but I I I think it's it's very different, and they're definitely trying something really new with it. I'm excited because it's different. I I can't say that I'm excited because like anything that they've shown us so far makes it look really good. Yeah, um, I think I'm in the same boat there. Yeah. But this is their first foray into TV and serialized. Um, uh, storytelling so i'm definitely i'm looking forward to it because of that and kevin feige hasn't really produced anything that's been really bad up to this point with all the stuff that he's done for marvel so fingers right. crossed it's got that yeah it's got that same like favreau filoni trust fall aspect right. to it. like you you you've got my trust until you've made a, a 
terrible movie or something, which they haven't yet. Falcon Winter Soldier, I think we probably both put that like one or two out of three. And then Loki, I had higher hopes for, but that trailer was like, it was intense. It gave a lot away, but it was also like super confusing. Like, I don't know what the heck they were talking about. There is some, there's obviously a level of time travel on there. Um, And I think that he has a run in with some sort of like time bureau from the comics. I don't necessarily, like, I don't think I have any like, didn't a Matt of, Damon make that movie already? He uh, did, like but Dora or something. <laughs> he did, but now we're trying it out with a British actor uh, okay. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's different gotcha. enough. <laughs> gotcha. Um, well, Emily that, Blunt was in that, so she was British, right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just remaking that movie without a love, without the rom com bit. Yeah. Well, I, I, the other thing too is like I thought. Um, and you and I kind of talked about this after we saw Endgame, what, like the third time? <laughs> um, <laughs> that I, I feel like I don't know where, what they would have done with Loki anyways. So I thought killing him off was a good call in Endgame. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, again, killing I haven't... Him off in, in Infinity War, not Endgame. Endgame is where they create this opening yeah. for him to have a dream. Yeah, but I know you and I were both like, the, are we led to... Like, are they going to do anything with that? Is Was he ever going to, like, return? Or was that just kind of like a wink and a nod kind of thing? So it seems like right. he's coming back. Yeah, but then this is where it's like, I don't want to have to put my brain down this path of thinking anymore because I'm over trying to understand their interpretation of timelines where interrupting your past doesn't interrupt your past future. Because now he's like doing his own thing in a different timeline, which I thought we said wasn't a thing. But <laughs> so I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole of understanding their physics of it. But yeah, maybe this will give some more answers or maybe just confuse us more. Maybe it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's comics. They're not super like I, I feel like part of that. That's the double edged no, sword. My there. religion. <laughs> it's fun, but it's also like none of it makes all that much sense when you try breaking I, this it down. is this is my mandalore culture this is my religion this is <laughs> i'm a marvel z lot <laughs> this is the broken way right now <laughs> but hawkeye um but yeah a lot gone. of a lot of announcements uh, hawkeye she hulk moon knight a bunch of 2022 um we don't really know that much on those yet miss marvel <laughs> I, I skipped over that one right <laughs> i don't even know who miss marvel is i gotta get into the comics i'm excited for miss marvel I, I i can't say the same about captain marvel too i like um, that it's miss and not mrs or miss oh no miss. it's miss it's miss marvel because mrs marvel is married and she's off doing other things so yeah well yeah okay. she's unavailable yeah <laughs> um but yeah, so that's the Marvel stuff. Kind of like a general gist. I'm sure there's a lot more that we didn't touch on, but like I feel like we could sit here for hours to to talk about that in detail. Yeah, maybe we Star will. Wars, <laughs> let me let me just rattle through the yeah. titles. So we got Andor, we got Obi Wan series, we got Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, Lando Calrissian's getting a uh, is that a movie right? Um, the Acolyte will get a series. The Bad Batch, a droid story, Visions animated shorts, um, Rogue Squadron. Any on this list? (laughs) I mean, that's enough content to last us the next five years. 
Yeah, and I think there's still some unannounced. I think when they started, yeah, there was more that we didn't even get on this list. Yeah, the the slate they said was the promise is to have ten Disney Plus shows within the next five years for Star Wars, possibly even more. Um, you know what I heard? Uh, the I forget her name. She's like the owner of the division of Star Wars. She's like, we we don't have that much to go off of for Star Wars because we don't have <laughs> comics and we don't have these 800 page novels. It's like, wait, what? Like, Maloney's <laughs> been doing it forever, and like, you either create canon or just follow bits of threads of canon. You don't have to go into like character. Like for me personally. I'm not interested in the Andor spin-off series, the Cassian Andor from Rogue One. Make it a movie. Like I'll be fine with like dedicating an hour and a half, 2 hours to watching his like prequel into Rogue One, but I don't need a full series like 10 hours of that. Um yeah, I I I agree. And I think that that's Kathleen Kathleen Kennedy that's that was kind of saying that. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that one. I think she said that a little while ago, um, like right before Rise of Skywalker came out, and I, I thought that was like a very dumb thing. Like as the head of Lucasfilm, like you have no idea that there's all this lore of comics and wealth of books that you could pull stuff out of. Like it's there. Yeah, like you're directed. You're having these movies directed by like not true fans. That's why they're coming out like products that no one wants to watch because there's no passion in it. Yeah, well, I feel like that's that, that that's been the thing. Like, uh, there, there's been a lot, and we I feel like we could have a whole podcast just talking about the mismanagement of Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and her issues with directors and all that. Because there's been a lot. <laughs> there's Let's been a lot. To big Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but I I feel like um the thing that got me the most excited it was the stuff that they let off with, which was the ahsoka spinoff series and the rangers of the new republic and the reason why those two are the ones that caught my attention the most is because those two are spinoffs of the mandalorian um and will take place alongside it so they're being developed by john favreau and dave filoni they've been tried and tested at this point um so i in, in terms of that i view them the same way i view kevin feige's involvement in anything marvel in that i know at the very least i'll enjoy it yeah, and I like the timing of this too. Where, I mean, we—I was still kind of like holding out hope that we're gonna see Ahsoka and see Thrawn um, in this series or in this season. But now I think I can kind of let that go and be like, okay, we're now we're gonna get more time dedicated to that else in another series. Um, so I'm very excited for Ahsoka. I wasn't that hyped on Rangers of the New Republic only because I didn't really like see any um, trailers or anything like that. Um, the Obi- Obi-Wan series has always had me excited, getting the return of Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen is signed back up as Darth Vader. Um, so that, that series has always been interesting to me because it's like, what did Obi-Wan do for, what was it, 15 years, 16 years in the desert? I mean, we got one glimpse of it in Rebels, but that was it. He and Bo-Katan had a thing, I'm calling it right now. They if they had a thing. The Mandalorians? Yeah. They had Why a thing. wouldn't... Why wouldn't um oh no never mind <laughs> she's dead <laughs> that's why she wouldn't have sent because that would be necrophilia <laughs> got it okay um the acolyte though really caught my eye and for those not in the know how um this is like a, this is gonna be a series focus on the Sith 
um, time of the High Republic. So think like 500 years before Phantom Menace. And um, if that's still not painting the picture, think like uh, Palpatine was born like 40 years before Phantom Menace, 45. So this is well before him. We might see some... Ivan hit us with the name Darth. Uh, Dar- Darth Plagueis. There you Pl- go. Pl- Plagueis. <laughs> we won't. We it's won't not Plagueis. Plagueis. <laughs> it's not Plagueis. I'm told. Man, we'll I have to eat some crow though, or eat some humble pie if uh, if it is Plagueis. <laughs> if it's if it comes out and it's Darth Plagueis, I'm gonna. I'm I'm gonna bring it up every point that I can. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll like, issue a formal you. apology then. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, what about Bad Batch? I'm really excited for that one. I misheard that name so many times. I Bad was like, <laughs> Star Wars the Bad something else. And I'm like, Batches. wait, what? <laughs> Batches do be crazy. So no, it's a, it's just a continuation, right, of Clone Wars? It's either a continuation. It has to be, right? Like, it, it's maybe not like a direct line of like after. So Okay, so basically Bad Batch is a group of clones that had bad genetics so they came out specializing in certain things like either being a sharpshooter or just being like super strong or um being super smart or like techie um so they formed this like little unit that basically was like a suicide squad um that they called in for like these missions that normal clones just couldn't get the job done so it's either going to be a continuation of we saw them once in clone wars where did they go after that or how did they what did they do before that um, or it's just going to be like a disjointed timeline of just other missions they ran. But it seems like that's probably going to come out quick, right? I mean, I assume animated series takes less time than live action. They said they've been developing it for, for a couple of years. So I think we'll probably see it 2021. Um, I don't know. I don't think they gave a specific time for it. Um, but yeah, I think from the trailer, it looks like it's definitely at least touching on post order 66 time. And it's, there was a lot in the trailer and I feel like I don't really know if anything necessarily stuck out to me personally from it to kind of lead me to think it was there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But I think that that, that one definitely has me excited only because it seems to have the same animation style flow of, uh, of Clone Wars. And I really love that series. So any continuation yeah. of it, I'm on board with. Yeah, that was a, that was a great arc. What about uh, you were into Rogue Squadron, right? Yeah. So the movies, I thought they were there were a, a, a good couple of tidbits from those announcements because the first thing we got was uh, the announcement that Taika Waititi is going to be directing a Star Wars movie. The speculation is that it's supposed to be the first in a new trilogy set after the Rise of Skywalker. Because we've had a bad trend <laughs> of um, post-original trilogy stuff, I've been a little bit hesitant to show, I guess, any sort of excitement over over what's to come there. But Taika Waititi, having done a lot of really good things uh, over the course of his career, and then of course he like got his taste of directing Star Wars, and I think he did the last two episodes of, of Mandalorian last season, if not the yeah, last two, at Navarro. the very least the last one. So yeah, he was the Navarro stuff. Yeah, in, in season one. So he, you know, I, I think he's got a, a really good eye for this kind of thing. I really enjoyed his work on Thor, also. So I'm looking forward to that. But Rogue Squadron, I think it's due December 2023. Directed by Patty Jenkins, I really, really have always liked the idea of like focusing a story on X-wing pilots. 
Yeah. So this is being described as Top Gun meets Star Wars. And Patty Jenkins, I don't know if you got a chance to look at it, but like they didn't actually release a trailer for it, but they did this little yeah, it was like, like a, it was like a biopic or yeah. like a dialogue by her. And it seems like at the very least she seems to have the passion for for what she's doing there, which is more than I can say for you know, you didn't really get this much of a perspective from a director right before they got to work on a Star Wars movie for the sequel trilogy stuff. Um, but what gets me most excited about this is that this is supposed to be the movie that will kickstart the pa- the post Rise of Skywalker era. So whatever they do here, um, you know, I I have my hopes for it because it's Patty Jenkins, and I feel like she's she's another one with a nice resume of um of movies. So um, you know, whatever she does with it, I I hope it's impactful and good. <laughs> so. I'm definitely going to keep my eyes open for it because it's definitely something that, you know, I, as much as I really, really like these shows, I love watching Star Wars on the big screen. Oh, yeah, for sure. The one thing I'm thinking about, though, is I kind of prefer this path that they're walking down now where it's making these single movies that, you know, stand alone, but also fit within the timeline. I don't know if I really want another trilogy. Maybe I'm just like once bitten twice shy type of thing from the the most recent trilogy but i kind of like where you just fit in empty puzzle pieces like giving us a lando um where donald glover is probably going to come back reprising his role from the solo movie i think that'd be a lot of fun like dive into characters that we that we care about because they were big in the original trilogy um or like the bad batch where it's like a group of soldiers that we cared about from another series you know i don't know if we really really need to develop a whole another set of three um you know chronicling where ray goes after the end of it you know i don't think it's necessarily following ray i feel like and you know again this is kind of me just speculating here but they have this huge initiative coming out supporting the high republic era in terms of books and comics and now to see a show get announced in that era, I, I wonder, though, if like the plans have maybe changed, like maybe we'll get a trilogy in the High Republic era. I get where you're coming from. And I feel like I'm down for a trilogy as long as it's not a retread of the stuff that we've already seen. If it's brand new um, characters and stuff we haven't explored yet, then I'm 100 percent on board with it. But if it's a continuation of the Skywalker saga, I, I, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. And I just I'm just saying, like, if Disney has a set budget for Star Wars movies, I'd rather it go to characters and the storylines that I cared about because they were from the original trilogy or from another series that I would love to see continued as opposed to creating a whole new um, arc of movies. They're layering in a lot of stuff from old comics and books that was uncanonized before. So I kind of think that they're trying to do like a sort of like what Marvel did in terms of bring something that's a little obscure and then get people hyped up over it. So I I do I, I get where you're coming from too. I I feel like my initial thought is that as well. But I also feel like at some point they gotta flesh out the universe a little bit more. Um, I'd like to see an old Republic movie or something that t- takes place yeah. in those ancient times. You know. Yeah. Maybe not um, a trilogy though. I I get where you're coming from though. Like it's it, maybe like a trilogy is a little bit of a hard sell. 
I think I think I'm saying that just because there's so much left unexplored from all the movies that you've already built that you could fill in. There's so many cracks left to be filled that like you don't need to keep moving onward forward, right? You can take a look back and see what hasn't been fully fleshed out, especially if you are under the impression that you don't have the comic or the books to you know build a universe out of. How would you would you take a standalone live action movie set in the Clone Wars, starring yeah. bringing back Ewan, bringing back Hayden, maybe even getting back, maybe not Rosario Dawson just because she's chronologically a little bit older, but somebody else to play in a live action. Natalie Ahsoka. Portman, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I've always thought that like the jump from Clone um, Clone Wars to Revenge of the Sith was way too big to like be okay with those. You know, those age differences, the experience differences um, and Clone Wars, the series did a lot for filling that in. But, you know, it's not no replacement for live action on the big screen. Yeah, I would I would love for them, to, even if it's a limited series, I would take that too, like whatever. But like, I'd like that area explored a lot, too. And it's yeah. also a giant war. Like, you got to think that there's stories out there, even if it's new characters that we haven't heard of yet. Like, tell us something there. Um, yeah, for sure. Stuff to explore for sure. Um, that's a lot of news for for this week. <laughs> um, so, but there's a lot of shows that we're looking forward to. Even the ones that don't sound totally interesting, we'll definitely still check out, see what they're see what they're about. Um, but let's get on to this episode, Mandalorian, um, chapter fifteen. Let's 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 start with general takes. What were your uh, what were your thoughts on this as a setup? Um, I like this episode. I feel like I say that every week. <laughs> yeah, we do. We um, do. We bit of a broken <laughs> we don't record. Say we... But you know what it is? Like, I, I think that this is a season um, similar to season one, right? Because like, I can really only think of one episode on each season that I'm like, all right, maybe we could cut this one out. Um, but you know, you and I have talked constantly <laughs> about we feel like this show needs to be 45 minutes or so. Like, yeah. Or at least like keep it consistent. Like don't range it right and i think this uh this episode kind of uses the time wisely i don't feel like it needed to be too much longer i don't feel like it needed to be any less short than this um but i i enjoyed it because it was nicely paced we had a lot of big character moments um big ones you know and we'll get into them here but like i i feel like this episode did a lot for me to kind of tell me how what kind of character Mando is shaping up to be. Because in the beginning of this whole thing, I thought that for sure, for the long run, they're going to do this whole, um, you know, get the child to, to the Jedi story is going to be extended out to as long as we can get it. I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think that after this episode and the big moments you had with, um, with, with Din Djarin, the, the Mandalorian, and, and Mayfeld's character were really cool. I think under any other circumstances, you might be seeing this episode as kind of a filler because it's like right before the finale, you know, but it did a good job of building up to it, building up to the finale. I mean, and also giving us really, really good um, character moments in under what, 37 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do say that every week where we really like the episode, but I think the thing that I can say differently from previous weeks is this isn't my favorite, but not in the sense that like, it's bad by any measure more of just like it's not going to be like when I look back on the season, I remember like this episode out of all of them type of thing only because this is a setup to the finale. It's like 
whenever you would watch like Clone Wars or Rebels, the finales were always like part one, part two. And part one wasn't like it was exciting, but it wasn't like the ultimate cliffhanger thrill. Um, so it's it's serving its part that in classic Filoni style um, and Favreau, you know, set it up for a knock knock them dead finish. But yeah, I think I just need to reshape my expectations for length, which is difficult to do because they open up the season with two 50 minute episodes and you're like, this is, this is what we should get used to. But then they hit us with nothing but like 35 ish minute episodes from there on out. Maybe Mandalorian is just a 35 minute episode. And those two are like, you know, outliers. Um, but yeah, no, I get, I agree with what you said. I don't think there's any, there's nothing I would cut from the beginning. And then, you know, playing devil's advocate, like if I was the director, where would I add time? The only thing I could think of would be like put on an extra couple minutes with Moff Gideon where maybe he's having a conversation with Dr. Perishing to know like where's Grogu at during this. Like we don't need to see like, okay, they're building another Snoke or they're build or they're building the beginnings of Snoke or they're building Palpatine's clone. Like I don't need to know that portion of it, but let me just know like is Grogu just like a blood bag or is he just like being tortured or has he like completely been knocked out because he slept for a while after he used the force the last time give us a peek as, into what his state is he's definitely knocked out <laughs> um <laughs> he's been sleeping this whole time <laughs> yeah probably um yeah no i i agree i feel like um if anything i i i um i do think that they could have added more to it and i feel like this season the my one i guess nitpick at it is that if anything, we didn't get a lot about the Imperials at all. We didn't get too much time with it, and I can I can safely say that now because like we're we, we're only one episode short of the finale here, so uh, I I feel like they probably should have fleshed them out a little bit more. I still feel like I know just as much as I knew about Moff Gideon going into this season as I am now. Yeah, respectfully, I disagree, though. I mean, we don't know more about Moff Gideon, but we do know more about the Stormtroopers. Um, where, like, this episode, you see them cheering on, saluting when uh, Mayfield and uh, Mando return with the shipment because they're, like, they're just happy to see their brothers in arms complete a mission, and, like, they cheer for it. And, like, if you watch, like, with subtitles on, you see them, like, wow, I can't believe these guys pulled it off, like hail to the empire like you know like they're passionate about their side but it's really it all comes down to the leadership of the empire where like these guys could have been easily rebels and would have been passionate about that like they're just soldiers following orders kind of thing and we don't find out that like the only true evil is bought in at the general level when mayfield's having that conversation towards the end yeah, these folks are like the guys that got an internship in college and went on to work for the corporation. And then they're and they like, didn't oh, know yeah. it was like, yeah, they evil. didn't know it was evil. They just were <laughs> like, oh, this, they accept my, accepted my application. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 it's I something we too. haven't seen before. You know, it's, we've always just been like empire evil and like, mm, we've never gotten their perspective from a soldier level. Yeah. We haven't gotten that in, in like live action format. Um, I feel like the the biggest thing for me out of this episode was that was like the 
complexity of what it means to be an imperial, right? Because right, you had that conversation between Mayfield and what I guess was his former CO, right? Right. Um, and there was that reference to Operation Cinder, which, you know, talking like if we look at the overall lore, it's supposed to be this plan where you wipe out certain worlds or you mess with the weather of certain planets to mess it up and destroy a lot of the population just so that the people could need the empire again. Um, I know it's a very multi-layered complex kind of dumb Palpatine plan, but you know, we're talking about the guy that like cheapened out on Eve. Yeah. Well, you had the perfect clone army and you gave it up for volunteers. I mean, I'm sorry. The guy just deserved to be thrown down the shaft at that point. (laughs) He will return. Yeah, he he's he's like the he's like the corporate guy that never comes out of his office and is always like, it must be this. We need X amount of revenue by this quarter. And you're living in that corporate life right now. You you just yeah. gotta get out, man. <laughs> and the, and the, I I feel like it 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 is that um, it, it was very good to kind of get a, a new perspective on the Imperials too, because uh, I and I totally forgot that Mayfield was former Empire. I don't know now, why that like, slipped my mind. The only dialogue that he had in the beginning was that he was like a sharpshooter, and then he's like, "Oh, you're a sharpshooter empire," and then he's like, "Don't make that joke, man. We're not all stormtroopers." <laughs> Easy but, recall. Come on, Ivan. Well, the empire is <laughs> losing all the good sharpshooters, apparently. <laughs> I mean, it, he proved that he was a sharpshooter. He, I don't think he missed one shot. No, and he did it without his little turret thing. Yeah, his backpack, back yeah. bling. I, I, I like Bill Burr in Star Wars. I thought I was not going to enjoy it just because like he's one of those familiar faces. Yeah, I didn't like him season one. He was a little like out of place. But this season, like this episode, it felt right. You know, it was like a it's very difficult to watch these episodes because it's like, oh, my God, we just lost the Razor Crest. We lost Grogu. It, there's no hope to getting him back. And then it's like he comes in with a few jokes about like, ah, I thought you would be comfortable in another helmet. Like. It's lighthearted. It makes the, the storyline a little bit more bearable. They bounce off each other really well, and I feel like that Bill Burr surprisingly fits right into the 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 uh, Star Wars universe here, where I thought for sure I was going to have issues with him because I, I also I didn't really like his inclusion in season one either, only because I feel like it's one of those things where like if it it almost feels like two real worlds sometimes, right? Like especially when they, when he was making that Gungan joke and in that first season i was like oh no let's well, not that go was, there that was a little offensive but <laughs> uh, that's bill Burr's style yeah it almost felt like he was on like another like seeing him on a conan episode or something like that you know yeah he he went on one of his routines real quick yeah i mean we can actually skip right to that uh that portion of the episode there wasn't that much in the beginning other than breaking him out which i mean they didn't linger on that long it was mostly just like i'm putting him into my custody um the only thing that I noticed in there was like the repurposed AT-ATs, um, which are now like those what is it, those things that like arcades where you can pick up a toy out of the box with a claw. <laughs> it seems like they've turned every AT-AT into that because we saw that in, this, in the third episode of the season, too. So uh, I like I like seeing that stuff. Um, callbacks to like old Empire scrap. It was nice. Um, it, it was a nice visual. Uh, and I feel like it, it keeps that level of consistency there. One thing, like, and not to get too deep, I guess, into the, the episode, but like this whole, I feel like every episode has its theme, and it's like 
it, it's something that's like um, included in the in the title of each episode. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what is who is the believer in this? So that's where I think. I, initially, I thought, oh, it, it's Mayfield, right? But no, it's not. I think I think it's referring directly to to Mando. This whole episode is about bending the rules and surviving, and like mm. uh, having that because that theme runs runs around throughout the whole episode. It's Mayfeld's whole point, right? Because he has that whole, even though it's like a joking conversation in the the juggernaut is is that what they call it? The rolling vehicle thing. Uh, that was um, like their. I don't know if that's the actual name of the rover, but it was like their code names, as if you were like Rogue One or. Or yeah. Red Five or whatever. They look like sign. the Juggernaut tanks from Clone Wars. That's why I was like, it looks, it looks like that, but I don't know. Right, right. But they, they had a whole conversation there about like, hey, you and I aren't that different. Like we both kind of bend the rules to our own kind of will. And this whole season, you've seen Mando's core beliefs of things being put to the test. Um, and then you had that little brief shot of Mando looking at that kid outside of the tank while mayfeld's like yeah they don't really care if it's empire or new republic we're just like people on their land invaders all invaders yep yeah yeah that was i that was the part of this episode that i loved the most and what brought it up like a letter grade in my ranking for as far as like overall episode was that interaction um yeah i loved that dialogue and i think you know Mando not saying anything to that speech was just because he's like, oh my god, this guy's, he's hes telling the truth. Like, I have my moral code that I, I've stuck to forever, and it's gotten me to here where now I have to play a little dirty to get Grogu back. And he um, broke his creed. Yeah, he's like, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, like, my face isn't gonna burn all, like, there's nothing evil gonna happen from me taking this off, and it's what I need to do to get the job done, so I'm just gonna do it. Um, but yeah, as far as the title, I think, I think it could apply honestly to almost everybody where yes, Mando is the one who has the creed, who is the believer. Um, and it's like him going against his creed, but it's also like, yeah, it's, it's Mayfield giving the speech. Um, but then it's also Cara Dune believing in Mayfield at the end where she like sets him free sort of, um, because she sees that like. It's it's the same parallel as when the X-wing pilots let Mando go on the ice planet. Um, you know we're not going to imprison you because even though you're not an ally, you're also not an enemy. You know you're on you're fighting for the side of good, and we need more people like you out there. Um, and I that's like that's what she saw in him, so she's like believing in him, sort of. Yeah, it, it added this. Um... I guess to the, you know to further add into the theme, it's like this 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 arc of redemption, uh, where you know that I guess heroes are, are are a lot more complex than you kind of give them credit for. I guess because um, in the main movies, it's very black and white, right? It's like M- rebels versus empire. These are the clear bad guys. These are the clear good guys. And over the course of the show, it's this show has done something that I think Last Jedi tried to do. When they had that whole little uh, side quest with Finn and and Rose about going through the casino world and finding out, you know, all the the, the both sides kind of are played by the same weapons dealers. I feel you like love this that casino world. I love that. Yeah, 
I hate it. <laughs> um, no, but th- th- this show sets that message up a lot better than Last Jedi did. And, and by that message, I mean, like, the message that the world is very gray or the universe is very gray and like everybody's kind of complex because you see it in this episode with mayfeld right he wasn't imperial but at least from from the dialogue that we got and the interactions we got with him um it seems like he's very regretful of that time of his life yeah han solo Um, was an empire he was he was a stormtrooper yeah it it, just because you served in the empire doesn't mean you have to be permanently evil i think it was like for Han and probably for Mayfield, it's like a way out or like uh, of whatever their situation was, you know, it, it doesn't mean that they're evil to their core, especially seeing like, you know, Mayfield in that conversation with his old CEO is like, yeah, we lost tens of thousands of men on that mission on our side, not to mention the whole planet that we killed. Like it, it just goes to show they're not clones. They're not just following orders, you know? It kind of had an underlying theme of like saying something about fanaticism too, right? Because like the Empire, especially this season, has been very much like fanatical. You've seen, um, you've seen Imperials commit suicide just to not you know, to avoid questioning. But you've it's all seen... at the officer level. Like it's it's only the leaders that have bought into it, and it's like the clones or the the troopers. I mean, sorry, um, are just soldiers like fodder, you know. Yeah, yeah, they could easily be rebels and fighting for a different cause, and you would feel good about them just because of the uniform they're wearing, but which is like such an interesting to think thing to think about because yeah. we've never, you know, sympathized for clones before. Troopers, troopers. Why do I keep getting those? Mixed up? <laughs> the uniform. There's no clones at this point anymore. RIP. Rex is always out there. Dude, it'd be sweet if tomorrow Morrison comes back next season as Rex. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen all those memes where it's like <laughs> uh <laughs> Fett runs into like ahsoka without his mask on and she's like rex <laughs> i love that stuff i would love that though honestly um no but yeah like it, the the whole theme of like believing in this episode because like I, I compare like the fanaticism of those officers to like the creed that mando was was following because it's also you know they're described as zealots but when yeah. you really start but it, yeah, they're kind of. Well, Catan was kind of right. Um, it's kind of ridiculous to kind of put that aside, or to, sorry, yeah. to not to put that aside, to believe in it, right? Because he he ends up putting it aside in this episode. Right. He takes up helmet, which he probably wouldn't have done without that conversation with Mayfield, being like, "Look, you have your line in the sand, which is great, but you'll cross it just like I would in order to save yourself or to save someone you love." Um, and I don't think he like had thought about that really until that moment yeah i think he thought about like because you, you saw when he went up to the portal he he didn't take off his helmet at first he let it scan it try to scan just a, a shield yeah. like yeah we said you it wouldn't work what are you doing it's kind of like the equivalent of like when you're in, you know you've traveled the subway so many times and you see people swiping their metro cards and they're just not swiping at the right velocity you know what the right velocity is but like you see people struggling with it Definitely. i kind of had flashbacks to that <laughs> I'm, I'm like the sixth swipe I get into the subway. <laughs> Dude, the worst one is like when the machine tells you to keep swiping and it turns out, and I see people go to another one, and, they and switch, I was like, no, yeah. don't, don't go to the other one. <laughs> and they do, and they end up wasting their money. Yeah, I don't switch turnstiles. I just can't get the right tempo down. 
<laughs> but in Among Us, I can get the right card swipe tempo down. <laughs> Maybe I that's like practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I feel like this this show um, did that so, like is coming across so well with the, the the messaging that I feel like they were trying to do for the for the sequel trilogy. Um, in that the world's not black and white; it's kind of gray, you know. And the message comes across so well in this. And I, I, f- I feel like uh, hopefully we get more moments like this, especially now, because I feel like it was very, it, it was a huge deal to see Mando take off his his helmet. Um, no, well, not his actual helmet, right? But the Imperial helmet, right? Also, were those shore troopers just colored in gray? Or were those the mud troopers that we saw in Solo? Um, you know, I think this is probably closer to like Battlefront Two type of outfits, where you can pick different like camo colors for your stormtrooper. Um, probably just to match the like the mud. But although it kind of just matched like the Imperial officer color, right? Yeah, it just seems like in in other projects they seem to like match the planet, and over here it's like let's take all of the temperature based troopers and just shove them into this jungle like thing. <laughs> um, yeah, and then yeah, before they actually execute the plan, I want to go back just a second. Yeah, uh, when they were all ruling themselves out of going with Mayfield, you know, I get the Cardoon. I sort of get the boba. I mean, I don't know if I do because this isn't exactly Darth Vader's empire where like people would recognize him. But why would anyone recognize Fennec? Like, what is she wanted for? And the only thing I could think of was like we just saw the trailer for the Bad Batch series, and you definitely see her cartoon version in there. I mean, maybe it's possible for that, but I didn't know if you knew anything of that. So she's she's said to be an assassin in season one right so i gotta think she's like one of those play the bo- play both sides kind of character so she must have assassinated some imperials for the right price before it could maybe be that. the maybe the 40 troopers she killed in the last episode yeah, yeah that, that, that too <laughs> but like uh, bo- but cool bo- i understood Sorry, boba though because, like, Boba, if you think about it, he has the same face as all the clone troopers. Nobody remembers the clone troopers in this army. These are all new guys. There's a couple that have been rebels, though, at that point, including Captain Rex at that stage. So maybe he's like, all right, well, I can't really show my face because they'll think they'll they'll know something's up right away because there's not supposed to be any uh, clone troopers left in the Imperial Rebels. And because Rump- he's hideous. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Um, cool Easter egg though in the I guess we're calling it a juggernaut ro- rover. Um, the comlink is like the same comlink that was in the Death Star on A New Hope when they're breaking Leia out of the prison. And Han's like, "Yeah, everything's fine here. How are you?" Um, same exact comlink that he shoots there, but outfitted to this rover. Um, we talked about the monologue with Bill Burr, and then the fight sequence. Yeah, I mean. You can take the man out of the armor, but you can't take the soldier out of the man or whatever the saying is we want to put in here. He still kicked butt. 
in the stormtrooper suit, which I thought was going to give him away. Like nobody's ever fought like that well before. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Was like if anybody's monitoring on the Empire side, the the upper managers are probably like, yeah, that's not one of our guys. <laughs> uh, real cool to see him like uh, steal one of the guy's spears and fight off a few of them with that. Um, kind of gives you glimpses as to how he already knows how to fight with a spear, which then makes you think like, okay, he has the best car spear that'll probably get played into later. Yeah. I, I, I still, I can't wait to see him uh, take on, Sir Gregor Clegane the Mountain um, this season. Uh, this is like the fight of a lifetime. The revenge yeah, part you're, two. You're on that reference, yeah. He was he's gonna in pop Game of up. Thrones. You're right. He's gonna, he's, gonna, he's gonna pop up in the in the last episode of this show. Watch it. As you know soon he as, died in that fight, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but watch. This is part two to that fight. As soon as he boards Moff Gideon's ship. Rematch, grudge match. Yeah, Moff Gideon's gonna be a holdup. I, I, I declare a trial by combat. And then Sir Gregor Clegane is going to come out in big Imperial Stormtrooper armor. <laughs> and we're going to get a rematch. Well, we know that stuff breaks like fine china. Like They even did it in this episode, too, where uh, one of the guys with the spear swung at Mando's left shoulder. And it just shattered apart. Like, what is this armor? Like, it never broke before. It's ABS plastic. <laughs> <laughs> they, they literally have, like, downgraded their their... Uh, quality control. It's actually made out of ceramic. They just didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I think they're using like whatever plates are made out. Of. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a little. It's like you kind of have to ask yourself, like, why even use it? <laughs> it's weighing you down. Like everyone makes the same joke when you put on a helmet, you can't see out of it. Just move on or or fix it. <laughs> I I hope that at some point, and you know what, like I probably should, because I feel like I could go to one of my bookshelves and pop out like one of the visual dictionaries or something, because I know I have a couple of those. People give me just like random yeah, anything that's always related that. to like you didn't here. Buy that. No, that th- that would be the art of books. That's all me. But I feel like anytime anybody's trying to shop for a gift for me, they're like, oh, he'll 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 enjoy this cup with the and Star Wars book on it. I do. <laughs> I love all of it. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I the I wonder what the hell that thing the, the armor is made out of. Clearly, Palpatine well, didn't care about the troopers, though. If somebody knows out there, hit us up. We want to we want to know, and we don't feel like googling it. So, thank you for that help. Yeah, and if anybody could get me get get a uh, pair of plus size stormtrooper armor, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> the five hundred first might take you up on that. No, nah, I'm, I'm. I think I'm too thick for the five hours. <laughs> They're like not screen accurate. <laughs> get out of here. What about um? So we're inside the base. They get all their high fives, their salutes. Everyone loves them. Um, they go to the terminal. Bill Burr gets cold feet because he might get recognized. Uh, love the Easter egg. TPS reports. Great call out. I, I, <laughs> that couldn't have been a better, better line delivered by Bill Burr. that that was great i that whole scene was really good and i feel like that that scene is what completed the episode for me um you notice that as soon as bill burr's character opens fire on his old co killing him he turns his grimace yeah (laughs) but he turns (laughs) the gun around to this shore trooper that just like 
he's just looking at Mando and him, and he's holding <laughs> his plate of food. Yeah, he's yeah. holding his plate of food, and he's like, oh, man, what do I do? And the poor guy just gets <laughs> blasted to death. And I was like, Yo, imagine being that one stormtrooper. You're, 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 you're back from a long haul. You get your lunch. You're just about to sit down and have food. And you see the going on, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that man just wanted to have one last meal. But uh, no, that's like another, like, it's got this Western vibe, you know, where it's like the bad guys sit down with the sheriff at the table or the deputy or whoever, you know. And it's a quick draw. It's the same thing that like Han did with Greedo in um, in a New Hope. It's it's that like sitting down to a dining like a dining table and then just like having this repartee conversation, and then just being like, yeah, you set me over the edge right there. That's all I need to hear. Pull the trigger. And then now it's like, okay, wait, what do I? What's the fallout here? <laughs> that 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 was a really great sequence too. And it was kind of funny too, seeing like as soon as. They get out on the ledge. All the troopers start trying to come out, and as soon as they get out, they get sniped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like great that they were in squads instead of duos. <laughs> you notice the one poor guy trying to squeeze his way under. <laughs> I saw that. He was like trying to shimmy out of the non-broken section, and then Mando's like, "Yeah, I got you. You're you're not making it out." <laughs> he just like leaned down to shoot the poor dude. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that it's a different type of suspenseful. You know, you get the this whole episode was it was you get the suspense of the cargo possibly getting blown up on the delivery at the beginning um you get the suspense of this non-blaster action of getting the intel and possibly getting made and then you get the suspense of the escape you know it's this probably will go like as an overlooked episode of how you know on the edge of your seat this type of action was, but um, I think the only thing that knocks it for both of us is the length. You know, we want to like five, five more minutes of either filler with the, with Mando or going thick Boba. He only got to do his seismic charge once. Dude, <laughs> Which, that was a great call. Out. It, yeah. As soon as you saw it, like coming out of the, out of the deck, you, you knew what it was. I was like, yes, attack of the clones. My favorite this is, scene. This <laughs> <laughs> and the sound went out too, which was great because like so that good. that was my. Fa- I remember as a kid watching Attack of the Clones in theaters, and that one scene scared me only because we were sitting so close to the screen. It just like the sound goes off, so then like my ear starts ringing because this thing like blows up. It's you know what it is too. It's also the um you know I after watching the episode where they went back to Navarro. I really got the um, I was jonesing to play Battlefront One. Yeah. Uh, not the original original, like the remake one. Yeah. Um, just because of I, I wanted to get on like Solist. and the thermal imploder sound is just tuned perfectly. It's the same thing. It's so good. Like that's what Star Wars nails. It nails the sounds of the sound effects of blaster rifles or seismic imploders. The music. The music. Yeah, the music's great. They especially this season they've been like when a character's name is mentioned they give us like a tiny hint of their theme um and then weave it back to the mandalorian theme in the same thing you ever play the star wars soundtracks in the background as you're doing work or anything else only duel the fates while i'm in the gym (laughs) (laughs) i I play (laughs) i play across the stars (laughs) (laughs) that's my lullaby for myself like the cantina song (laughs) <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> seven. 
<laughs> I I this week I bought the uh the Mandalorian season two soundtrack on iTunes and they've divided oh, it into God. part one and part two. So I've been listening Wait, do you to know that. What the sounds are in part what two. Do you know what like the 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 sounds of part two are? Like, is that going to be the last episode? Um, no. Uh, so part one of the album is like episode one through four, and then part two is supposed seven. to be five through eight. Yeah. So you know songs from eight is what I'm saying. No, no, because uh, part two hasn't come out yet. Oh, uh, okay. I thought yeah. you knew you did, but you just no. know nothing. Me. I love okay. I love I love the um the titles of it though. It's like Mando is back <laughs> is the top <laughs> Yeah, one. it's like wait, I don't remember this episode. When was he gone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been uh, enjoying last, the last scene of the last scene of the episode though. Let's let's get into that one before predictions. Um yes. off um, Gideon. We get what all of one minute with him? Like if thirty that, seconds. And it's more Mando than it is Moth. <laughs> <laughs> it's this basically is like when the DEA showed up. To bug <laughs> Gus, Gus Fring's car. <laughs> Pretty much. This is like... It's basically Mando giving the same speech back that Gideon gave him in season one. And Lord. then Gideon is just standing there with the gasping emoji <laughs> in oh, no. full play. But, I mean, I go back and forth on this. Like, I, I, can, I can see both sides of it. One, I get it. You want to be smug, Egamon get him to play his hand and then he has no secrets left like you get to see what his full force is and how you can beat it but it just doesn't tactically seem like a smart idea to egg on someone it's like it's shaking the bees nest like yeah you get to see how many bees are in there but you're probably going to get stung yeah i i kind of saw it more as like it's it's he just wanted to threaten him because like i think it goes and gideon probably knows this it goes without saying manta's going to come after the kid you know like i don't know gideon probably I mean, he's not an idiot, but he probably could have thought that, like, destroying the Razor Crest was, like, he's not making it off that planet, or he died with it. Yeah, but I also feel like he he knows, he probably knows him well enough to know that, you know, we're talking about the same guy that got the sweetest deal out of bringing the kid back to, to the Empire, only to then, like, double-cross them. Like, what kind of bounty hunter does that? You know, like, no, nobody in that kind of position does. So I, I think he kind of expected him to to come back for the kid. Maybe. And maybe this is just like to let's if we act unexpectedly, then he can't expect any of our moves kind of thing. Mando just basically pulled off the same thing that I pull off every time you and I get on squads or something. Uh, or sorry, on duos, and that's basically like I will announce that we're there while you're trying to <laughs> figure well, I'm, out. I'm flanking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see it. Can we get into predictions? Because this is the, this is the only fun part that I want to talk about. <laughs> get yeah. wildly guessing with the off chance that we might be right, where we get to say "I told you so." Go ahead. You go first. I mean, this is one that like I. Had had I didn't fully flesh out until I texted you, and then we kind of like came to it together. I, I texted you with, I don't think Boba Fett's surviving the fight. I think if you're going in against all of those super trooper, dark trooper, whatever, if they're human, cyborgs, whatever, or just robots, I don't think you can realistically let have the audience buy in being like every single one of the good guys made it out, but the whole bad guys got destroyed so i don't think boba fett's making it out i think he's gonna like 
do a sacrifice play uh, in some way. And I think, and then this is kind of where you helped flesh out the idea. I think Bando gets the ship. I mean, he's missing the Razor Crest now. Um, it would make sense if, like, Fennec was like, he would have wanted you to have this. It belongs with a Mandalorian type of th- type of idea. Um, and and realistically, like, if you're gonna off a character, it has to be one that fans care about, but also one that isn't entirely pivotal to the story. I think you're right. But I, I also kind of want you to be wrong <laughs> on this one. I feel like there's there's still stories they can tell with Boba, and I'd like to Pretty see cool him. stories, though. Sure. I get, yeah, I guess you're right. I was going to say... the Lando story now. He survived the war. You're going to go back and tell us the Lando story of like pre, like how he got to where, he's beat, where he was. I was about to say, Boba's like the Mike Tyson of the Star Wars universe. You don't just kill him. But technically speaking, if, if nowadays, if in modern times, you take Mike Tyson on the dangerous mission, he's probably dying. He just came back to the ring. Did, did you see that? I did, but he barely made it out. <laughs> they went all rounds. I was like, no, nah, either he's holding back or he doesn't have anything in the tank. Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah I the highlights think of that thing. if you're going to explore his storyline, which I'm sure fans will want, what better way to be like, oh, we'll give you Boba content now that you really, really want it. Like, but we'll go back and tell you like where he was between Sarlacc Pit and and being seen again on whatever the last planet was in Mando. I think logically it makes sense to have him get killed at the end of this season, and then it also kind of fulfills his redemption story arc too. It also but, frees up Fennec to be like, okay, now I'm no longer in your service. I kind of could see her going to work with Cara Dune. They were sharpshooting together. I do kind of think, though, that Boba Fett is like the golden boy for Disney right now. Like, you, there's certain there's a certain set of characters that you know are going to make money. And I think one of the top complaints of the new movies has been killing off those legacy characters. So I don't know. I feel like you're right. It makes sense from a narrative standpoint to do it. But I also think that maybe they're just not going to go there with it. What I don't know. What better way to end 2020 than offing Boba Fett? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I can think of a couple different better ways to do it. No, I... I you can I, kill Mando? <laughs> no, don't don't kill Mando. But like, I, You I can't think... kill the key character, but you can kill one that's like... He wouldn't further the story. He would just then again disappear once he fulfills the mission. So, like, why not have him disappear in a final way? I just really like Boba Fett and would like to see him a little bit more, even if he's old. But, like, yeah, I think from a narrative perspective, you may be right there. I, and I just, then, uh, what's yeah. his name? The the marshal? He gets the armor back? <laughs> Oh, Timothy Oliphant's character? Yeah. Peels it off his cold body. <laughs> and he's got a fresh paint job. I paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I, I can see it happening only because of one thing, and that's Mando needs a ship. Right. And I feel like that's what better it ship... It all comes together. Fennec gets freed, Mando gets a ship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I do want to. I think you're closer to being right than, than than my hesitation of saying like yeah, a hundred percent right. But yeah, I don't know. I. 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 I think narratively it makes for a good story, but selfishly I don't want it to be true. No, I don't want to. I. Hey, don't 
misquote me, I don't want to see Boba Fett die. <laughs> look, look, look. I'm let's, just let's, saying. let's get something clear. You were rooting against Mike Tyson in that fight, <laughs> weren't you? <laughs> I, I didn't. I will not confirm. I did not say I want Boba Fett to die. I just said I predict. I think Favreau and Filoni understand that, like, it would help drive everybody else's story forward. Plus, be more realistic, you can't go up against the entire Empire plus a whole, I don't know, what was it, like 30 dark troopers in that room? And expect that every single person's going to make it out of that fight. Well, the and only danger is the dark troopers. I mean, are they going to get Bo-Katan? Because if they don't get her, then they're really outnumbered. I you know, that, that's the other thing. I think they are right because like he broke his creed this episode, and I guess that's my predictions. Like I think we are going to see Bo-Katan again. I do think yeah. he's going to take her up on her offer of helping to free Mandalore. And I think you, one of your claims from earlier on when we started this whole <laughs> this whole venture, um, I think you're right in terms of like I think we're, the buildup of the show is ultimately going to be Mando becoming the Mandalore. Yeah, I still think that. I think that. You know, Bo-Katan's going to show her hand as, like, wanting to rule for the wrong reasons. And Mandalore needs a ruler who can have a bit more of a moral compass. Oh, my God. Wait. Okay. Here. I'm I'm laying on my plan right now. Get it? I'm I'm laying it out. All right? This is what's going to happen. Between now and the next two or three seasons, we're going to see Boba fall in love with Bo-Katan, find out that she's actually super crazy, And they're both going to ride mithril dragons to free the people of Mandalore. Ultimately, he's going to have to use the Darksaber to kill Bo-Katan because she's gone insane. And then he ends up becoming ruler of Mandalore. Boba Fett does. No, Mando. Wait, that was a whole... That was hard to follow. So Boba Fett falls in love (laughs) with Bo-Katan? Did I say Boba Fett? Oh my god. No, no, my bad. My bad. I meant Mando. Mando falls in love with Bo-Katan. They have this whole on-again, off-again thing. You don't think he has more of a thing for um, for Cara Dune? No, nah, I don't think so. They have no chemistry together. I think they do. Not and he the was love like, chemistry. hey, take care of my armor. And she's like, yeah, my sight. <laughs> she like winks at him. I think, I think they have more of a thing going on than him and Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan was like just straight up business with them. I know, but I think that that's what he likes. He likes the dominant woman. <laughs> All right, well, that's a different podcast. <laughs> Wait, are we hosting any that other one predictions? <laughs> any other predictions than your uh, <laughs> than your rom com spinoff Game of Thronesian style takeover of the throne? <laughs> um, yeah, dragons, definitely. Season three, oh, dragons. Dragons. Okay. Well, we already <laughs> had the great dragons, so you're a little late on that one. No, I, I think we'll. I'm I'm waiting to see the the showdown between Mando and and Moff Gideon. Originally, I thought because we knew Ahsoka was coming into play that she was going to be the one to face off Moff Gideon. But now I'm convinced it's Mando versus Gideon, Spear versus Dark Saber. I I I have no like confidence <laughs> in what I can predict from there on out. Uh, but I think what we'll see. And this is just because now we know that there's two spin-off shows coming. I think we might see a uh, an Avengers type thing going on between the three shows where we'll see one interlying story or one big bad and that's probably going to be Admiral Thrawn. 
Right. The, um, that, the big bad is not Moff Gideon. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Like, also, real thing, quick thing here. How the heck does the Empire have cuffs for babies? <laughs> Did you see that <laughs> meme where it was like, <laughs> yeah, Moff Gideon tells the Stormtrooper to cuff Grogu. And then he's like, wait, we have handcuffs for children? <laughs> Are we the bad guys? <laughs> that one's so good. It, it it is weird though, right? Like they have they have them at the ready. The guy didn't even hesitate. He's like, oh yeah, right. Here's the right size for this guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, that's definitely a weird part of the series, and I definitely agree that it's gonna be Mandover's Gideon, and I also agree that Gideon's not the ultimate baddie, and I think it is gonna be a vendor style of like there's a Thanos behind all this. Um, let's do a let's do a like a a short term prediction though. By the end of next week's episode and the finale, will Grogu be freed? Like, will they have completed their mission successfully, or do you think they don't complete it? Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say they do not free Grogu. Um, I feel like we're we're in for an Empire Strikes Back kind of ending. I don't think they complete it. I think um, I think they suffer some losses and. Gideon gets away or receives extra help, and then they have to run away. Um, it's kind of the Star Wars way with arcs, where you push push back against the Empire, and then they get reinforcements, and then you come back, and even though you're outnumbered, you succeed. And then you send two of your side characters on the side quest to complete a mission that they ultimately right. don't end up completing, but get sidetracked in the casino world fuel base. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right, here's another one. By the end of next week's episode, will we see another Jedi? No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, that's an easy no for me as well. I thought for sure Ezra, but after the Ahsoka confirmation, I was like, I think they're gonna save that reveal for for that show. Did you see? Um, there was this picture from the episode that was like when Boba. It was like a picture of Boba Fett last week, and in the background there was like a helicopter or like some sort of flying object. Oh yeah, was that actually a helicopter mistake, or was that like they were trying to drop in like a Jedi was arriving right when they all left type of thing? No, so I I don't know if it's if it's legit because similar to the uh, the blue the pants guy, guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy is now a merch item you can buy too. <laughs> I saw. That. Somebody made an action figure of Jeans guy too, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like it's just Jeans. <laughs> They well they edited him they edited they him, him out. out yeah yeah and I went back and saw the episode today to look for that exact frame and I couldn't find it so either they edited it out or some Starbucks yeah although if they did that again dude that's two that they really slipped up on because like it like just to kind of give you perspective the you have your primary editor that will cut it then you have an assistant editor that will review it. And then you have at least four other people encoding things that will view this thing too. How did nobody catch that? Half a dozen people miss this. I yeah. I didn't spot either of these things. <laughs> I spotted Jeans guy. I think I even took a picture of it and sent it to you, right? I think you did. And I was like, what, what did you just make that up? <laughs> <laughs> but you were you were on the first on the wave, and I guess I could get employed by Disney then because I am also as good as them and not being able to spot things. 
I thought that was actually. I thought you were Jeans Guy, Helsley. You could easily cosplay as Jeans Guy at the next Star Wars. <laughs> That's convention. gonna be the Halloween's next biggest item is Jeans Guy. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna go for as uh, for Comic Con next year, <laughs> assuming we have one. Have something blocking like three quarters of your body, and then yeah. just have a watch and a, and a pair of jeans on. That's 100%. not bad. People would get it too. It'd be hilarious. Although now between between heavy set Thor and thick boba i have options for cosplay now i'm excited i'm I'm excited for the next round of comic cons yeah there's there's options out there (laughs) well i think we got the predictions i think we broke down all the scenes we could but um we, we obviously skipped a few things around here and there to make some room for all the news that came out this week so if you think we missed anything um if you wanna you know chat about anything that we talked about hit us up on twitter or email us um email is behind the fourth wall podcast at gmail.com fourth the number and then on twitter we're at bt fourth wall yeah i'm I'm looking forward to the finale next week i think there's things to wrap up and then i think uh hopefully there's a good cliffhanger for the next season check us out on pinterest as well are you handling the pinterest (laughs) i mean (laughs) this holiday season Get your behind the fourth wall ornaments. I, I made a Pinterest account for us. It's just not active. But if anybody's on there, you can search us up. <laughs> Great. We we were we're looking for that demographic to fill up as well. A hundred percent. Also, if anybody wants to sponsor us, hot pockets, pop tarts. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned ba- the pop tarts. <laughs> pizza bagels. I would love pizza bagels. That'd be great. But I'll you know, Bud Light Seltzers really sponsored this stream for me personally. Oh yeah, how how t- take a quick sip and give us a quick uh, review. Taste I would, there. but uh, the last the last of the last one went well, during right before predictions. Well, great timing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll catch you next week. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.